Guru Nation, welcome back. Thank you so much for watching. This is a special interview. And if you're listening also, obviously, thank you for listening, uh, just consuming the content. So I'm about to announce, but for those of you watching and listening, you hear first, the Versatrial is going to sponsor the podcast and the videos, and they're going to help me with guests. And this is a guest, Stacey Hoffman. I can't believe I never interviewed you or really like looked at your profile for any reason. Like you should have been on this show years ago for what you've been doing in this industry. You're exactly what a large core of my audience is is striving to become. And so you you went from CNA to project manager. So she's now Stacy is now project manager for a very large CRO with a with a public health um specialty. So like it's like a special contract for public health that that CRO um outsources to people like you just for mm-hmm. the public health positions and and contracts the government contracts basically yeah so your journey i mean i'm just gonna guess you've seen mm-hmm. a lot like you <laughs> you've seen yeah, a lot on your journey yes yeah um you know and it, it was actually something i never i never thought i would end up in research it wasn't my career path uh i wanted to be a nurse that was my mm-hmm. goal um you know so i started as a cna Um, and I had worked for a medical travel agency and, um, I tried to gain as much clinical experience as I could. Um, so I had met a, it was the daughter of one of the residents that I took care of at the nursing home. She was friends with a lady who um, was the administrative assistant of one of the hospitals in the town next to us. And I told her, I was like, man, I would really love to work at a psych unit. You know, I was just really into that. And she goes, well, I know that administrative assistant, you know. So I had an interview the next day. So so that right okay. there is networking, what you just 100%. did. 100%. Early 100%. in your career. <laughs> you yes, probably didn't I, even I, know I, it was networking. Networking has always been my thing, you know, so get this interview and it wasn't um, within a month I was moving, you know, to go and live close to there. And um, I started working there. The doctor that would come up to see the patients, you know, would see, you know, I guess my work ethic, you know, and he says, comes up one day, starts talking to me and he's like, do you want to work in my office? And I was like, well, that's kind of forward. Um, yeah, and office. this is like, actually very common for people that don't know, like at these skilled nursing facilities or psych units, the psychiatrists on staff, they make rounds, but they also usually have private practices and things like that. Yeah. And his office was across the street from the hospital. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, sounds fun. Let's do it. You know? And uh, so <laughs> I would work, you know, part-time at the hospital and the other part at his office. And then I took, um, cause I was still working for that, you know, travel agency. And I would just do that on the weekends. So I was doing like, you know, these three things. Well, at his office, I got trained on how to draw blood, you know, because he'd done that some. And so anytime I could pick up an extra little skill, you know, here and there, and they did ECGs in his office. So I kind of did that and, you know, vital signs, but it was just little things, you know, I mean, most of the people he sent to the hospital to do it, 
you know, but if right. I could pick up something because I wanted to be a nurse, that was what I wanted to do, you know? And um, so also working for this agency, they're like, um, well, we need somebody that can do um, our CPR classes. So I went and I got certified as an American Heart Association CPR instructor. And I'm like, good, this is something else I can put wow. on my nursing belt, you know? And so I was like, well, I need to, you know, go back to school. Um, so I'm here, I'm working three jobs. One of them is a travel job, going to school in the evenings. And I mean, sometimes I'm doing, you know, my my homework in hotel rooms. I'm using McDonald's to get free Wi-Fi, you know, to do. Wait, like when my... was this? Like, what year was this? 2006. Um, wow. Around 2006. Long time. I'm 40 years. I just turned 40 years old. So, I mean, I've been doing this. We're the lot. same age. We're the same age. I noticed by your email. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, so I, uh, you know, I mean, I was doing final exams, you know, in McDonald's parking lots, you know, and wow. um, I was living in an apartment. Sometimes I would drive around apartment and, you know, back then nobody secured their internets, you know what I mean? So right. I could like, you know, pull up in front of somebody's apartment and do my homework, you know, <laughs> that way. Um, scrappy. scrappy. I did. Young I did Stacey what I had to scrappy. do, you know, I couldn't afford it, you know, to have my own. Um, are you still so, scrappy today? No, no, God, no, are you kidding me? Come on. I mean, yeah, you in, in certain it. ways, you but don't I don't steal it. internet. I don't nah, steal nah, internet. not stealing <laughs> internet, but finding ways. Basically, but it's finding ways to get things done. Resourceful, and yeah. I, I do what I need to do to get things done. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, you got to think outside the box, you know, and I think that's what makes me so good at my job, you know. Um, especially in, in project management. I mean, you, you cannot do good by always, you know, sticking with, well, this is, you know, what they said I had to do. And it's like, no, 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 no. There are always different ways. There are always ways that you can do things to get things done. You know what I mean? Um, I had to do that my whole life. So, but when you was know? your first like foray into uh, research? So, um, so here I am working for this, this medical agency and they said, Hey, this research facility, it was a phase one first in human clinic. They need 10 people to do, to help out with a study. They don't want to hire people because they'll have to lay them off after the study is over. So I was like, I'll do it. I know how to draw blood. I know how to do vitals. I know how to do UCGs because I did it in this doctor's office. Right. Right. So I get uh, sent there and um, this two week or so job turned into eight months. And at the end of that eight months, they're like, can we just buy out your contract with this agency? And I'm like, you know what? School's getting a little rough. You know, it was mm. kind of towards the end. You know, I'm getting ready to graduate soon and be nice to stay in one spot for a while and what was your degree gonna be in nursing uh, so like I said I wanted to be a nurse mm -hmm. and very competitive back then um so I couldn't get in the nursing program I got denied I got denied mm -hmm. twice so um I transitioned over to USI because I thought well it's a bigger school so um I'll apply to that program. Did every class I needed up to the nursing classes. Got denied again. Wow. Like, You've got to be kidding me. All so while working in, in research, basically, like, yeah, as an assistant, and, basically a research assistant at this point, right? Yeah. 
So I walked into the um, the office of the um, administration or whatever, and I'm crying and I'm like, what degree am I the closest to get? I don't even care what it is, <laughs> just, you know? So they're like health administration, you're, you've got all the experience, you know, and I'm like, fine, you know? <laughs> um, so that's what I got my bachelor's degree in was that. Uh, and sounds like me in college too. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped um, out thinking I'd go to med school and no one took me in and I had to go back to U of A and had in hand and basically said the same thing. What is it? And they told me it's molecular cellular bio. I said, okay, <laughs> I'll finish. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and that's the thing. I'm not stupid. You know, it was just because I traveled and I, I did what I had to do. And I got, I had A's and B's. And in order to get in these programs, you had to have straight A's. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, and but back at was... the site though, like the site, they, they, they must've seen something in you to want to buy out your contract. Mm -hmm. Looking back now, cause I know at the time it's probably hard to figure it out, but looking back now, knowing what you know now, cause you're in a position yeah. of leadership too. What did, what did you think they saw in you at that time? Um, so in order to succeed, um, especially in a phase one clinic, um, integrity is huge, huge, probably the most important thing. And, um, you have to be very detail oriented and, I don't know if you know a whole lot about, you know, um, people that work in, you know, travel contracts, but sometimes they're not really in it for the long term, right. you know, they kind of want it for the quick money. We're going to work a couple shifts and then move on. Well, I was a full time, you know, employee with this, um, this place. So um, when they sent me, this was my job. And I went and I put 110% in, you know, and I wanted to do the best job that I could do when I walked in. And um, I, I ran, like, I mean, it was just like, everything was fast paced. And um, the minute that you walk in the, the door, you're on this study doing, you know, these blood rounds, you're on this study doing these, you're on this study doing these. And, um, you know, I'm a good stick, you know what I mean? Like I can draw blood really well. And, um, that's you know, a really just... important skill that is not discussed enough in our industry where there's so many mm -hmm. blood draws for a lot of these studies. And yeah. oftentimes just like, if you're a phlebotomist, people, people are phlebotomist CNAs, MAs that know how to draw blood. They don't understand how valuable they actually are. Yeah. to get started yeah. at a clinic because the, mm -hmm. there's some tough sticks out there. Oh, yeah. You don't oh. need to know anything about research to get a tough stick and well, work in and research. What makes it rough too is, you know, at some of these clinics, you know, you get, you get people that come often. So their veins have been used, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and especially mm -hmm. if they go and donate plasma, you know, you get the veins that have been used for plasma, you know, quite a bit. So that can make it difficult you know, to yeah. get blood. Um, so you, you have to know tricks and, right. um, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things you, you become very good, you know, what you do. Um, I you love know, working that. In those kind of places. So how did you transition, I guess, from, that's another thing, people that are just watching, this is why I'm glad we have you on 
they don't understand at the right company, you can level up very quickly. So you can go from, hey, Stacy, you're a great blood draw, you know, to, hey, we need help with that entry. <clears throat> we need help with the IP logs. It just, you so, start doing more and more until you become a coordinator without realizing. Yeah. That. So um, my, my transition was unique. Okay. So um, I came in with that agency as just a research tech, right? But when I got my contract bought out, they actually hired me as a clinic scheduler. Ah. Now that position is very, it's awesome. Now, what I loved so much about it is I got to use my brain because it's not just a, a position where, oh, I'm just going to schedule people Monday through Friday, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's <laughs> very deep. It's very um, puzzle. You know, it's mm -hmm. you're taking every study that you've got, you're putting it together, you're, you know, putting people on these intervals. You know, so you got a, a dose at eight, eight oh four, eight oh eight. You know, like all this, and then you got the the blood, the vitals, the ECG. You know, all of these things, but all the other studies have to, you know, commingle with this. And so you got someone working this round; they got to run to the next one, run to the next one. You know, it's just a big chaotic, mm. beautiful mess, right? <laughs> and um, that was my job. And the thing that, and you know, as crazy as it is for me to carry this with me as long as I have. Um, I talked with somebody just the other day about it. It was a position that I held that I wasn't liked very much, you know, by some of my coworkers because you have to be um, kind of, you have to treat everybody fair. Like you can't have, you can't play favorites. So if somebody says, you know, well, I, I don't like doing this because, you know, this person's better at that than this or, you know, things like that. Well, just because you don't like it, I can't not put you on it, you know, mm. or, or, you know what I mean? Um, wow. So it's basically like a mini project manager in a sense. Because <laughs> you're like allocating, uh, allocating human resources towards specific time points for a project's. I mean, I wouldn't consider myself a project manager because, you know, we had, you know, like study managers that did that. Yeah. But when I go to like put the people on things, you know, it's like they would have preferred that, you know, maybe the the intervals be longer. Like, so, you uh, know, instead of it being like a four minute interval, maybe a five minute interval. So I see. Breathe in between. So you made them hustle. <laughs> yeah, but... The thing is, though, they were so good. They were so good. And I'm like, listen, if you weren't so good at it, you know. It's why like, would they get, why was the pushback? I mean, it makes sense. But, like, were there not incentives for them at the company to incentivize, like, more hustle? Like, it's essentially, like, you were creating hustle culture. And there was some pushback, right, from so, the staff. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm not the one that started it as far as that goes. Like, mm. you know, it came down, mm. you know, um, it saved money mm -hmm. because the shorter the amount of rounds that you had, then the more that you could add on, the more studies right. you could on, the more, um, and then 
it, it meant like the less amount of openings that you would have to have to bring people in to cover things, right? Um, but it didn't mean that, you know, I didn't like them or that I was some kind of evil person or, right. you know, and. But the previous, uh, you said it was called scheduler, right? So the mm -hmm. previous scheduler to you must have uh, abided by like what these coordinators, was, I'm guessing. It requested. was different. I, I change things when I. Ah, change. you're a change agent. <laughs> so management um, loves you. So, yeah, I mean, things were adapted, you know, um, kind of, like I said, I mean, it was make things more efficient. But you were doing it not to be mean. You were doing it because no. that's something you would have wanted to do had the roles been reversed. Like you'd be, you love the, the chaotic environment. You'd be running around loving that. I mean, like I said, it was, it was about efficiency, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and, and improvement. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it was so, it was so efficient that, you know, even, you know, management had sent me to another facility to do the same thing there, Wow, <laughs> you know? So how did you so, go? What was next from patient scheduler? Like how long did that last to, I'm guessing like coordinator, right? Or. So I was there for six years in that role. And as a scheduler, six yeah. years? Wow. Yeah. And were you happy with that? Loved it. Loved it. I see. Did they um, pay you fairly for, like, for your needs? Or so, did you feel now, like you wanted more? Now, let me tell you. I was young, okay? <laughs> Everybody that I worked with was young. And Was this 06? Huh? Oh six, oh seven, around that time. Uh, yeah. Well, no, this was probably um, this was two thousand and eleven. Okay. Two thousand twelve. When I I, I started there in two thousand ten. Okay. So this was when I left there. It was like two thousand fifteen, two thousand sixteen. Oh something wow. Like that. Okay. Um, but where I lived at, the cost of living is super low. Mm hmm. So the amount of money I believe that we all made, we were pretty happy with and nobody really bucked up to it. So it wasn't until I transferred to Nashville that I realized um, that, okay, maybe I need to be bumped <laughs> up. But it wasn't that I was upset with anything I made where right. I was at. Right. You know, I just knew, okay, cost of living is different here. You were okay with it because it's a stable job. You enjoy it, and it's more than enough to cover your expenses. I bought my I bought my first house. Wow! On that salary, and wow, I was alone. You know what I mean? Wow! So I mean, I was totally okay <laughs> with it. You know what you, I mean? You remind me of Casey Figueroa, the my one of my for my still my employee, but she was my site director at one point. So what what made you go to Nashville then from this so like cozy I met place? My now husband. Ah. Um, he's in the army. It was a dude. Was, it was a dude. <laughs> right. Right. And, uh, he was stationed at Fort Campbell in Kentucky. Well, Kentucky, Tennessee, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Um, and so I didn't want to leave Covance. So I, that was Covance. Okay. Covance. Yeah. Nice. And so I was like, man, I, you know, I don't want to leave, but 
found out that Covance has an office in Nashville. So that was an hour from where he lived. And I was like, you know what? I'll just commute. No big deal. Covance has offices everywhere. And now they're called LabCorp, right? Or they're still LabCorp, called Covance? LabCorp Drug Development. But up until March, now they're going to be called Portrea. That's terrible. The, like the <laughs> side note, that's just dumb. Look, the and they're not going to listen to me anyways, but as a sidebar, Covance, I've, I always got the impression anecdotally from conversation I had just like with people like you and at conferences, they were the ones that really like the, from the big CROs that cared about quality of life for their staff. Like that was not just lip service. And yeah, the pay was slightly less, but compared to the other big CROs, their quality of life, they have a brand reputation. That's just, it's a, in my opinion, a dumb move. I'm sure it's a good reason for it, but the name change is dumb. <laughs> you know, Covance, I I owe my career to that place. I heard so many and, good things. Yeah. Um, obviously, every place has, you know, its goods or its bads, but they, as a company, done so many things for me that they did not have to do so mm. everybody anybody can say what they will my personal experience is that i will never say a bad thing about that company yeah you know? yeah i mean most employees i'm telling you stacy like they they were on to something uh, hopefully it continues but yeah. i haven't been keeping up so okay you 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 met your soon-to-be husband yeah. you had to transfer you asked internally hey i know you guys got locations mm -hmm. other places do you have anything for me here and they yeah. they were so, smart and kept you right right so i transferred to nashville and i took a job it was um, a clinical project administrator role it was a step back the back um, it sounds it more fancy and yeah i wish it was it was um <laughs> again i'm still learning in this industry at this point like you know i didn't really know much about career growth i didn't really know much about you know research i still have nurse you know wait wait like, at this point so six years you worked as a scheduler did you ever enter data in EDC or answer a query or anything no, like that? No, everything was paper. Everything was paper at that facility we were at. But you you were so, hands-on on like source docs and uh -huh. reg? Okay, mm -hmm. okay. Yep. Okay. But it was all paper. Like we didn't have anything electronic. Okay. Um. Now, I mean, we did have two um, document, um, like doc review staff that mm. they entered stuff that, you know, like the sponsors would give them that was electronic. But as far as us, like we didn't do that. Like okay. everything was on paper. So we right. would fill it out on paper and give it to them. And then they would input stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Um. So anyway, I, I take this role and even my manager, my new manager, she was like, yeah, I know this is a little bit of a setback, but when something else opens, you know, we'll slide you in there. And this, this facility was either you were in a CRA route or you in study startup route. Mm. And I had already traveled for six years with this medical travel agency that is kind of over the travel thing, you know? Um, Makes sense. And I didn't really know anything about startup. Like, what is startup? What is that? Like... <laughs> And um, 
I was in the role like eight months or so when my husband finds out he's getting PCS in North Carolina. And I'm like, what the heck? So that's what happens when you marry military. You don't know, I know where you're going to <laughs> So this is one of the situations where I tell you that Coban's done something for me that they didn't have to do. They allowed me one to transition into a role before I was in one for a year. And then number two, I got a role that I was not even close to being qualified for <laughs> mm -hmm. because I had been in clinical for almost seven years and I switched into a startup position. Study startup, Study which startup. is super important to this day. That's like yes. it's such a good role. Now, when yeah. you transferred, they must have like done it because they they loved you and they saw potential. That's what HR said. I had had an impeccable record and, you know, all of this. Yeah. And they had signed off to allow me to to be remote, even though that ah. was not a remote position. Way before it was a trend, like main, like a yeah. main strategy. Yeah. So you mm. tell me that's not a great company. No, that mm. I everything I've heard about Covance, it's like was my favorite CRO still is. They yeah. don't I don't get that many studies with them anymore. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I wish I wish you could bring them back to <laughs> I don't know yeah. what's going on. I gotta look into what's happening with them. But yeah. That's a that's crazy story mm -hmm. with Covance. Yeah. That's um so study so, start did your salary did, so the cost of living must have been higher in North Carolina than Yeah. Where so you were. my new manager, she must have realized there was a disconnect with the salary mm -hmm. because um she jumped it up a lot, like a lot, a lot to where I was like, holy cow, was something wrong? <laughs> <laughs> something wrong with my salary because this is weird, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was like, all right, okay, I'll take it. Right. And so, you know, I worked as a startup specialist, startup specialist too. And then I will mention, you know, every position that I've ever had, even, you know, back in my pre-research days, I've always been a trainer. I've always been somebody that's wanted to help develop other people. And I've always worked to work into the next role that I've wanted before I was ever into it. You know, did you let that happen organically or did you already figure out the route before you even got the next job? Usually um, it was it fell on me like prior until I realized what like. So when I got into startup, that's when I was like, OK, career growth in research. That's when I kind of started seeing a path. Prior okay. to that, I didn't even really look at research as a career because I was still unsure on what what is research like what, you know, because I was still so blinded on where my life was at, what it was doing. Nursing was what I wanted. Like I, I focused my whole life on that, you know. So it's weird. I know. Research will but, have a way to do that. It'll take what you thought you were your plans and say, well, yeah. welcome to this rabbit hole. Yeah. So it wasn't until, you know, I got that first startup job 
that I was like, okay, startup, this is way different. I felt like I was in a completely different world because clinical and startup, totally different. Mm -hmm. And that's when I enrolled in my master's program, clinical research management, because I'm like, I still need something clinical in my life, you know? (laughs) And (laughs) do you feel like that was a good, um, looking back now, that master's degree in clinical research, do you feel like that was a good investment? In what I do today, mm-hmm. absolutely. Okay, there's a pro, absolutely. a pro degree, but you didn't do it prior to starting in the industry. Like a no. lot of people fall for. Okay, well, no. I can't get experience, so let me just no. get this master's degree. You know what? I'm so glad you said that. Mm-hmm. Like, I am so thankful that I did not get any of the education prior to getting into research, mm-hmm. because. I, when I was in my master's program, and this is so, this is, was very eye-opening. I was in that program with people who had double masters, PhDs, education that blew me out of the water, could not get their foot in the door in research and couldn't understand why, because they had no experience, but yet they did not want to take an entry-level position because they felt like, Exactly. I've got this education here. I get that and, on a daily basis and nothing's changed. Yeah. It's maybe worse now. Yeah. And so when I talk to people, cause I, I mean, I review resumes all the time on LinkedIn and I give, you know, advice all the time. And, you know, I always have to say like, I understand your education may be here, but your experience is here. So just take something entry level for a year, for a year and a half, you know, to just give yourself a little <laughs> bit of a. You know what it is? People are, there's a lot of, there's an archetype of a people, like a large majority of them fall into the space where let's say they have a master's degree, but no research experience, but their friends, all their friends, family, they watch our videos. They're like, oh, I could be a CRA. And yeah, you can. But rather than going out and starting at a site level or maybe starting as like a study startup or something at a CRO that's not a CRA, they won't do it. So instead, yeah. because it's a lot of work and they have to get out of their comfort zone. So instead, this is the mentality that, okay, well, I'll just get a PhD. Like, I'll just keep getting degrees until someone hires me. And yeah. that's actually a very good way to go into debt. And yeah. need a need a job ASAP to start paying off all these student loans. They're not cheap. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been I've been trying, June will be two years that I've been trying to help a friend of mine who has a master's degree in nursing get into research. I have got a heck of a network. <laughs> I can't get anybody to give her a chance. Is it because she doesn't want to start lower than what she thinks she is? Or is it because? No, no, no. no. She's willing to do an entry-level position. Wow. But it's like people look at the degree and automatically think that she's going to expect way too much money. So they won't even look at her. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. As a site owner, somebody like that master's degree comes to me and say, I want to be out start from the bottom. I like, okay, well, how long is that going to last? You know, once Mm -hmm. you get three months of experience with your degree, you're out. Yep. Yep. Wow. I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate, but you know, it's, Mm. you know, more more needs to be discussed about that. I think Mm -hmm. 
that's yeah. like a separate podcast in and of itself. 100%. So startup specialist, North Carolina, mm -hmm. did you like it? And how long did you, did it last? Um, so, so I'm the kind of person I have to have something that drives me. Right. And so the, the scheduling job that drove me mentally, puzzly, right. The startup job wasn't until I started learning how to do timelines that I'm like, that's my why, you know, because it gave me that challenge of, all right, I can set these dates. Now I got to beat them, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like that found that I, I found my drive and my passion for that. And you know, once I started, you know, really getting good at making those, I mean, I can make a timeline down to the day, you know, what, like, how, what do you use to do that? Like what? So, I mean, it's, it all comes down to the detailed questions that you ask the site, you know? Okay. Um, I mean, I've got a laundry list of questions. As a startup um, specialist, right? As, yeah, as a specialist. I mean, <laughs> I obviously had to do it as a, you know, as an SUPM as well, because sometimes the specialists don't, know what to ask you know right um we'll get to there but, we'll get to there yeah <laughs> um so you know i mean it's just you know dealing with all the processes you know any committees you know all of that kind of stuff like you know what are all the ins and outs that your site has to go through to get up and running you know um you so, typically interact with coordinators right yeah mm -hmm. yeah. yep yep um you know, but let me tell you, I mean, COVID, COVID hurt a lot. That hurt a lot. Um, Pre-COVID, it was a lot easier to interact with coordinators. Um, you know, I felt like the relationship that you could build with the site was a lot easier. Um, after COVID, it was more mo like mobile. You know, I found myself grabbing my cell phone and texting coordinators like, you know, hey, when you get back to your desk, you know, can you send me the 1572, <laughs> you know? And they, they text you back? <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> this startup, um, we work with a few. We have, I have a small site here in Yuma and I have three coordinators now. And the, yeah, I tell them like, hey, these are, and they're all brand new. Now they're like a year into it, but study startup they're gonna ask you for stuff let's make sure we get like us our site is small let's get us up and mm -hmm. running activated quickly we only have like one sub buy on these studies it's not that hard yeah let's just do it yeah and so they're learning study startup um, yeah. on the other side from the site side mm. you know and I, I did a lot though as a, a specialist i mean i, I handheld a lot you know, mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. You know, I sent a lot of stuff DocuSign. That way they could quickly just send it uh -huh. back. Um, you know, I mean, they could, if they had DocuSign on their phone, they could electro electronically sign it from their phone and send it back to me. You know, just anything I could do to help expedite the process. Right. Um, I don't feel like a lot of people do that in this industry. You know, is it I've because noticed. their SOPs don't let them or they just no, treat it like no. a job? No, I think, I think it's that. I think it's, you know, just send an email and wait, send an email and wait. How many people, this is going to be a weird question for you to answer, but try to just remove yourself from you for a second and look at you as a employee objectively. How many people like you are there in this industry? Like what percentage? Are you like top 20%? of the um, efficiency or I didn't even know what the word would be like just getting things you know done. What? 
you know what? I've got I've got a lot of amazing colleagues that I've worked with. Um, you know, I don't I don't I don't know everybody. You know, mm -hmm, so I mean, mm -hmm. I can't I can't just from what you've everything. seen. You've seen enough. Um, if if I could put if I could put like a, a percentage of like, you know, top tier of SUPMs and specialists. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and this would be, you know, SUPMs that actually held the specialist position because there's a difference. Yeah. You know yeah. the difference. Yeah. You know? Um I'd say maybe 40%. Top four? Uh, that's very generous. You know? <laughs> okay. Top and, 40, not bottom but, 40. And now it, it matters on, you know, <laughs> workload, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, there there are some CROs, you, you get loaded down, you know? And you got so many studies, you don't have time, you know, to go the extra mile. Right. They sometimes yeah. like, and this is... This you is know. the criticism of most CROs that Covan somehow did not fall victim to, where they just overburden their staff rather than investing in training new people to have enough human resources. They they take the ones that know what they're doing and they just load them up, you know, load them to the gills with more work. What Covan's actually, from what I understand, they did a fairly good job at this kind of uh, managing workload. You know, um, so train Covance had um it was a very good environment um to have people like tr like train you you know mm -hmm. um i'm not saying it was you know perfect all the time um because sometimes you know if you happen to join at the wrong time where, where you know people were busy you know you may not get onboarded like somebody else or whatever, but, um, like I said, I was always, you know, I was never too busy to train somebody, you know? <laughs> um, but you know, like I said, if, COVID, if we, COVID hurt, COVID hurt. Let's, let's get and, to, if we don't shift from COVID, they're going to sponsor you soon. I know. That's all. Right? It's been great. <laughs> so what, stop, what made you leave? Covance. Oh God, that's a Can that's a loaded question. That's a loaded question. Um, I never thought I would leave that company. You were gonna be a lifer. I would have been a lifer. This is I important. This is important for any CROs watching. I don't care who you are, any companies. <laughs> Why was Stacy? If Stacy were my employee, ah, you're gonna I make would... me cry. You're gonna make me tear up. From what this I know is... about you, I would try to make you a lifer with one of my organizations. <laughs> so what happened? Because this happens a lot. Okay. Um, so, like I said, um, Coviance was my family, you know, and for God's sakes, people don't ever look at companies like that don't do it um <laughs> not a good thing right but but it was and um I never had a bad manager the whole time I was there never I could and it may be my personality I can just bring it out but um 
after COVID had hit, um, there was a, like a hold on hiring or promotions and all of this. And I had been working as a senior startup specialist for two years and I was ready to get promoted, you know, to the, the SUPM position because almost that last two years I was working as an SUPM, but in the, the specialist role. I was okay with that because I was getting my experience. And to me, that is important. I think everybody should do that. I think everybody in a position they're in should at some point work in the job that they're gonna be working in before they're promoted into it. Um, because it gives you the inside of what you're gonna be doing. It gives you the experience. It, it You get trained before you're in it without the burden of, okay, here you are, you're in your job and now everybody's struggling because you don't know what you're doing. And you know what I mean? That's why I just feel like it's important to, you know, to, to do it. But so they opened up one position um, and I think everybody applied for it, right? One SUPM position. I didn't get it. Okay. No big deal. So I waited. I don't remember how two, three months, I don't know. They opened up, you know, some more positions. Um, I applied again and um, I got some pretty rough, rough feedback. Um, I don't know if you've seen my, um, my profile, but it says I do work with Bass Pro, right? I saw that, I saw that. Yeah, so um, my work with Bass Pro um, was I'd get up on stage, give presentations, um, teach people how to hunt, how to, you know, shoot guns and bows and, you know, all of this stuff. I'm, I'm eccentric like that. I can, I can engage the audience. I can do this, you know? So when I interview, I tend to be not nervous, not, mm -hmm. um, you know what I mean? So I had to create a PowerPoint presentation and it wasn't on video, but it was, you know, I, they could hear me talking and I just flipped through these slides. And as I'm flipping through, I'm just talking and, you know, felt like, you know, seamless transition, you know, all the way through. And um, I made a couple little like lighthearted, I wouldn't even call them jokes. You know, like one was I, I compared a KOL to an in, an Instagram influencer, you know? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, oh, my gosh. You know, the longer this interview goes, the more I'm like, want to be best friends with you. <laughs> this is awesome. So, so lighthearted and, stuff, like trying to be not, not even trying engaging. to be different, just being yourself, but. I, I get what you're doing. You just, you want people to remember you. You want yeah, them yeah. to, you know, enjoy the presentation. Yeah. Um, but who are you presenting to? Like the three different, manager? Yeah. Well, three different SUPMs. They were oh, the I ones see, that I were see. doing the hiring. Okay. I see. Did they and, laugh? Um, they, yeah, they giggled both times. Because <laughs> literally okay. just two, just two little things, right? All right. But. I mean, I was like serious through it. I was professional, you know what I mean? Um, you could start making memes on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, right. I should. <laughs> um, so I go through, you know, all of, you know, the rest of my presentation. 
they were like, we don't have any questions. You've covered all the content. Um, your education is on point. Like your experience on point. Like they didn't have anything, right? So I tell my manager, I was like, I feel like I nailed it, you know? So the feedback that I got was um, basically that my, that I was too high energy, that um, sponsors don't like people like that, that um, I, um, that I came off um, as immature um, because of like, yeah. at least that, they gave you honest feedback, right? Like, I mean, what they them, thought was from honest, their perspective, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that you can't, you know, tell any kind of jokes because sponsors don't like that. And I'm thinking, for two years, I've been in SUPM working with sponsors. One of which was in senior escalation, and I got them out of senior escalation. Two. of which the SUPM went on medical leave and they've requested me to take over as the SUPM. So they, they obviously like me and like, I mean, they're giving you this feedback as if they don't know you like, okay. Even if let's say you got some buttoned up sponsors, you can just tell, you know, afterwards say, Hey, Stacy, we're going to hire you because of what you've done. Just maybe like when you're sponsor facing, don't, don't make these jokes. KOLs are important to them. And, it's kind of like their their Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something yeah. like that would have been like appropriate so response. It was hurtful. It was wow. it was hurtful wow. to my core. <laughs> and um so they said that I wasn't allowed to apply for another year. Oh my gosh. All the good <laughs> we said. There goes the sponsorship case, Stacey. That's yeah. uh I know. Uh, the, wow. Um, And so it was, you know, after that, you know, it was one of those things where I felt like, you know, well, now my professional growth is put on hold. Do you think that because you were with Covance for like 11 years, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think that that incident is reflective of their culture change towards the end of that time period? Like they grew, they grew like all the CROs pretty quickly. I think they merged with LabCorp by then, right? Like it was they, different. They merged, they merged with LabCorp in 2017. So they had been with LabCorp the whole time. But was were the people in charge like less fun compared to the beginning of Covance? Or like, do you think so, that had to do with it? I feel like um, after the merger, there was, there was a change. Um, that you could see, I mean, you did that feel happens. That happens. A, like a little bit of a number in, instead of, you know, as far as the big picture went. You however, see, you used a family analogy and that would be like a, however, a divorce or something like, like a stepmom right. coming in. But, but even though, you know, after that merger, like I still had the best managers. I still had great clinic directors I still had you know Mm. HR would still do things for me that you know huge corporations would not do it was what I when I say that you know I seen a difference it was when other things would happen I'm like man I just wouldn't have seen Covance do something like that you know what I mean 
but on yeah. a personal standpoint, I would not have like so I was kept, not expected. They kept the micro the same, but the macro is like, hey, you know what? We used to think these jokes are cool, but now it's like we gotta win these bids, these uh, RFP. <laughs> I don't believe I don't believe what wow. happened to me was a reflection of that. I think what happened to me was just um, you know, maybe their culture, like you know, like maybe I just wasn't their flavor, you know what I mean? And that's okay. Wow. Because so after I this left... speech, you they you basically were like, hey, you were told, hey, you can't apply for any jobs at like any in in the next year. And you were in your head, you're like, I'm out, right? Or no? And I and I went to the biggest pharma out there. <laughs> like next day you started looking? Like were you that hurt? I had like... I had already been offered a position. Um Wow. You know, like well, not offered it, but I had already been approached from the same um, pharma that Covance was worried you would upset with your jokes. Well, I mean, same they type said of that pharma. pharma pharmas don't like jokes, so <laughs> I just went and got on with the biggest <laughs> stuff, so. jokes on you, jokes on yeah. you, Covance. Wow, um, and not wow, not, wow, not wow, Covance, wow. not Covance. You know, jokes jokes on you know the three that told me that because that was I see. that was terrible advice. And, wow. you know, my advice to people, you know, that maybe get feedback like that in an interview is consider your source. You know what I mean? Um, because mm -hmm. it's not just because three people can say that to you and be so mean. And um, so it's the way uh, that delivered it, too. It's not like, yeah. yeah, like the way I would have done it would be like, hey, Stacey, that's cool. I love it, but we can't put you in front of a sponsor like this. So just, you know, we understand you can't do these jokes right all the time. And you would probably say, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's it. <laughs> Didn't have to lose yeah. a great employee over that. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that, and, and that, that was, that was the reason, you know? Um... <laughs> so anyway, then big pharma. So then, yeah, so then I, I, you know, go and I get, you know, a, a clinical trials manager position, which is basically a, a startup position just for the U.S., you know, is is kind of what it was. I see. Um, and within one year, I got promoted within Pfizer for the global mm -hmm. SUPM position. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know. How was that? How was that culture? Like, you liked it? Oh, my gosh. I mean, definitely different. I mean, yes. Pfizer culture is different. Um, that's a they different, have, they that's have a different to podcast. Be. They have to be. <laughs> that's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. But did you like it? I did. I did. And, you know, I, I really like the people there. Um, they, um, they're very intelligent. Um, they're, you, you have to do things the Pfizer way, you know, mm -hmm. there, um, so when you come in, you're, you're kind of told, you know, this is how we operate and, you know, you don't deviate, you know, but you were working from home also remote. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been home ever since Nashville or right I after see. I left Nashville. I see. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it was such a great learning experience and I mean, I would, I would go back in a second, you know, um, just wow. because of everything that I did learn, you know, and all of the different departments that they have and all the, 
it's the, it's the people, you know, it's, you know, all the stuff that all the knowledge that they carry, you know, um, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, it, it, it was a, a neat job. And then from there you went back to so another CRO. There, um, so, cause I was th with icon and I was just an FSP. Ah, I got you. Functional service. That's what it's called, right? Functional yeah. service provider. Yeah. So I see. Uh, so you were you technically know, Icon employee, but basically yep. a Pfizer employee. Yes. Yep. I got so you. So now I am an Icon employee, but now a government employee. Mm -hmm. And you yep. just started that, so you're not sure how yep. you like it, but yeah. you you're up for the new stuff all the time, right? Like new challenges, Always. different different situations. Always interesting and then how does versatrial fit into all this i feel bad because they they you know hooked me up with you but yeah i should, so... I should have found you years ago <laughs> stacy i don't know what's wrong with me yeah so versatrial like i said you know i network um i network all the time so i'm on linkedin and i'm always trying to help people i see somebody laid off and i'm like hey what do you do you know i might know somebody that's got a position or you reach you out know, to so them I'm... a lot yeah even you know, if you don't know them hundred percent. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes they reach out to me, you know, um, but I don't know. It's just like, especially when I had lost my contract, you know, I was, you know, just kind of job searching around. And if I'd see something and then I seen somebody laid off, I'm like, Hey, I just come across this position, you know, here you go. Or this recruiter reach out to me for this here. I got this, you know? Um, or if I see somebody like recruiters will always throw stuff in my inbox so oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, hey, I don't, I'm not interested in this, but I do know somebody that is, you know, and I always throw it, you know. You're a connector else. now, hundred percent. And you just do it because you, you love people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dang, Stacy. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so Versatrial, you just saw Mike and them. They're up to like cool stuff mm -hmm. uh, yeah. from a site level. Like, yeah. oh, let me just tell you, you mm -hmm. guys will hear a lot more from me about it. Um. Okay. And then I guess we give a lot of career advice here, like through the story. I think that's the best way mm -hmm. to do it rather than telling people what to do. You just learn from yeah. Stacey's experiences. That's amazing. We're going to have to do mm -hmm. like more part two. Part yeah, three. yeah, we do. Cause I have so many more things to say. Like this was just such an introduction. Um, but yeah, like there's a lot of those side sidebars yeah. can be entire podcasts. Like you said, yeah. you know, Big Pharma versus CRO and yep. you've never, well, you have worked at the site level. You never yep. worked at a small biotech or like a tech vendor. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's a lot, yep. lot left for you to do for you to mm -hmm. experiment with if you want. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, when I worked for that, you know, um, medical travel agency, I was sent to nursing homes, doctor's offices, hospitals, you know, so I feel like I've worked at the site, just not on a research. Do you miss standpoint. the patient interaction? Um, I miss it when I, when I worked in the first in human, you know, on the research side, because those people are so cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do. And, but I think the thing I miss the most, honestly, is when I was, um, a startup specialist working with the coordinators. I miss ah, that. I like that one. So that's why you're on LinkedIn. You're like, Hey, coordinator, yep. you know. Like makes I miss sense. that relationship. It makes sense. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. Wow. What a person to connect with. Stacy, everybody <laughs> go. Her LinkedIn's underneath. She, If you don't find her, apparently she'll find you. 
So just post stuff, <laughs> post stuff on LinkedIn. You got to do yeah. memes too. You got to have an outlet for that uh, creative outlet for the memes. I know. Or, I love your memes. I like it when you when you put your head on things <laughs> and it bounces around. It's hilarious. Like, the memes are best when I'm angry. Like um, <laughs> they don't happen often. Thank God. Uh, but when they do, I like open that meme-matic. I'm like, what's my mood right now? And I find something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't replace that. But thank you so much, Stacey. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's a great interview. That I'm so glad we did this. Thank you to Versatrial yeah, for too. setting us up. And we'll do more. We'll do mm -hmm. more. Yep. Yep. Everybody go follow Stacy. Like, subscribe, comment, share. Catch y'all later. Bye bye.